Deacon Allen here again. We are uh, coming to the last class of our Latin one, but of course, as you can see, we're about a third of the way into the book, and Latin will be continuing. Uh, uh, if you want to continue in this book, uh, we have Dr. May's Latin two class finished up, I believe it was a week or two ago, um, and we're taking a break. Uh, he's taking a break over Lent and Easter. Uh, and then we'll pick up after that with Latin 3, continuing for the last uh, third of the book. Um, but, uh, uh, you know, we're done with Latin uh, 1 after this lesson. And then, but his lessons for Latin 2 are up. So if you want to continue on, you can charge ahead uh, and continue on with Latin 2. Or, you know, beauty of a podcast, you can pick this up, work on it for a bit, set it aside, get back to it. Um, but Latin uh, uh, 1, Unit 13, that's what we're going to do today. And we're going to move on to a couple more tenses so that we've got them all nailed down. Um, and, uh, and then we're going to get to a very interesting uh, grammatical construction called the ablative absolute, uh, which is very common in Latin. We don't really do it in English, but... Uh, um, uh, that's going to be the bulk of today's lesson. But, uh, so we can just polish off with the rest of the, um, uh, of the indicative uh, um, tenses, we have the pluperfect indicative passive, and then we'll do the future perfect indicative passive. Now, again, these uh, are, here we, we have a, we have, uh, the advantage that the same rule applies across all four conjugations. So unlike some of the more you know complicated things we had to deal with, uh, we don't have to worry about that with these. Um, okay, so we're using an example verb, duco uh, ducere, uh, one of our third uh, conjugation verbs. Um, the pluperfect indicative passive is a past completed tense. So it's Something was done to the subject in the past, okay? So if we take duco, ducere duxi ductus, um, uh, we're talking about, you know, I lead, right? So if we put it in the past, past we take ductus and then we add the imperfect tense of sum. So ductus, or... That would be masculine, feminine would be ducta, neuter would be ductum, eram would be the first person singular. I had been led. So ductus eram, or if you're a woman, ducta eram, right? Ductus eras, ductus erat, ductus eramus, uh, ducti eramus, ducti eratis, ducti erant, right? Because we have plurals. Right? That's nice and easy. Um, note that the pluperfect tense may be substituted for er, uh, 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 fueram pueras, could be substituted for the perfect with no difference in meaning. Okay? So you could use eram, eras, erat, etc., or you could use fueram, fueras. All right, that's the pluperfect indicative passive. Now, moving on to the, uh, so it's the, third, the fourth principal part with the, uh, with, uh, with, um, the 
either the imperfect or the pluperfect tense of sum. The future perfect indicative passive is, again, the same across all four conjugations, so we don't have to worry about that. So let's take a, a fourth conjugation verb. Our book uses uh, audio, audire, audivi, auditus, our old friend, to hear. Okay, so with this, what we do is we take the passive, the, the fourth principle part, that, that uh, perfect passive participle, and we use the future tense of sum. Okay, so this is, should be pretty, pretty straightforward, pretty easy. So again, auditus ero, I will have been heard. Or if you're a woman, audita ero, I will have been heard, um, would be first person singular. And then second person singular, auditus eris. Third person, auditus erit. And then the plurals, auditi or audite or audita, you know, depending on the gender of the subject. Erimus, auditi, eritis, auditi, erit. Okay, and again, the, uh, the future perfect tense could be substituted for the future uh, tense here again with no difference in meaning. So in this way, these two are very similar, the pluperfect indicative passive and the future perfect indicative passive. All right, there. Wow, we have done all six tenses in both passive and uh, active in the, uh, um, in the indicative mood. Wow, okay. So, um, pat yourself in the back, and then when we get, after we get done with the uh, ablative absolute uh, section here, uh, we'll move on to number uh, 70. Uh, you'll notice, well, let's, let's do that right now, and then we'll go back to the ablative absolute. The synopsis of a verb. Synopsis, what does that mean? Well, when you think of the word synopsis, we think like a short, at-a-glance kind of thing, and that's what this is. Synopsis, you know, uh, uh, you know, seeing with one eye all at one and one, one glance. Um, and this would be what you'd find if you are using... Uh, you know, the Barron Education Service, uh, Series uh, 501 Latin Verbs would do this. But, uh, I, um, again, I recommend that you write things out. So if you write out on a piece of paper all six tenses in the active with, you know, all their forms um, in the active and in the passive, um, so that you can see them with one, eye, with one eye, you can see, you know, get really nail it into your brain how these work. Um, so I, uh, our book recommends that you um, make a synopsis um, uh, of of these of these verbs, and and, and you know that would be a, a, a be a great uh, thing to do. So you can see this. Uh, we've got some, you know, in, in the uh, in the back of our book. You'll see uh, uh, some synopsis that you can use to check your work, but I think it's a good thing to nail that down with with, with at least some sample verbs of uh, uh, several of them from each conjugation, just so that you you know get a feel for how all that works. All right, wow. Now let's go on to the ablative absolute. This is a, a function of Latin that that uh, it, it, um, a grammatical feature of Latin that we don't really do in English. Uh, it makes for really clunky English when we translate literally, but we're going to start translating literally when we see these things because uh, uh, 
it will help us you know nail it down uh, what we're doing here the absolute absolute <laughs> absolute absolute the ablative absolute um, uh, most often not always but it consists of a noun okay plus a perfect passive participle that fourth principal part of a verb both of them in the ablative case we'll see some less uh, common forms uh, later but th that's the most common thing so you have a noun in its uh, ablative case and then you have the passive participle also in the ablative case so it's acting like an adjective modifying the noun okay so of course it's going to agree in gender number in case with its noun um it is a subordinate con uh, construction so it doesn't stand on its own it's connected to another independent clause but it isn't necessarily connected with any particular word or phrase in that clause okay uh, let me explain what I mean it is absolute because it's not directly connected with the subject or the object okay although our book notes that in the Jerome's Vulgate this isn't always the case but you know anyway um, uh, it wouldn't be Latin if we didn't have an extra complication thrown in, right? Uh, um, but it gives circumstances that kind of cover the whole sentence, the whole clause that it's following. Maybe temporal, maybe concessive, could be causal, could be conditional. Okay. Um, so it serves as a substitute in that way for the adverbial clauses, if you remember back to uh, section uh, uh, 41, uh, back on page 68, subordinate clauses in, in, in uh, or, uh, you know, in, in, uh, um, uh, in uh, complex sentences or, or causal clauses as well, you know, uh, where we would have used an adverb like quia quod quonium, right? You can do that uh, in Latin with the ablative absolute, with a noun and and a and a past participle modifying the noun as an adjective. All right, let me uh, uh, maybe we should just launch into some examples to get an idea of how this is going. Um, so uh, here's a sentence, fine sentence. Cena pe uh, preparata, pueri in domum intravernt, right? Our sentence here is pueri in domum intravernt. The boys went into the house, entered the house. Cena pe preparata doesn't tell us anything about pueri, and it doesn't tell us anything about domum. For that matter, it doesn't even tell us anything about intravernt. But what it does do is give us a time you know, kind of a temporal understanding of what's going on here. Cena preparata. With, remember, the ablative, if there's no preposition in front of it, uh, you know, has kind of built into it the notion of with, uh, by, with, or from. So here, with dinner having been prepared, the boys entered the house. But that can also have a sense of, because it's temporal, even though literally we've got with dinner, 
cena preparata having been prepared but in english we'd probably use something like when or since you know um um uh in english uh, since dinner had been prepared or after dinner had been prepared or you know and so forth okay um Adverbial clauses would, of a purely temporal nature, referring only to you know time, uh, uh, can have have verbs in the indicative mood, uh, as in English, uh, introductory time words can be used. Um, uh, and here, this is going to be introducing some different senses to some words you already know. Cum, which we know as a preposition that means with, right, or together with. Uh, can also mean when or after, um, when it's used in this sense of for temporal clauses. Ubi, which means where, usually, right? Ubi caritas et amor, where, you know, charity and love. Um, uh, the the hymn that we often sing on in uh, uh, on Holy Thursday. Um, Ubi can also mean when or as soon as. Um, and ut, which usually means um, when you see it, it's, you know, so that. Uh, but here it can also, when it's connected to a temporal clause, can mean when or as. Okay, so uh, here our example is a cum Jesus surexit. When Jesus arose, even though literally you'd say, with Jesus arose, wait, what does that mean? You know, it doesn't make any sense, but cum Jesus surexit, when Jesus arose, or ubi Jesus surexit, or ut Jesus surexit, apostoli erant leti, the apostles were joyful. All right. So that can throw you because... We don't do that in English. We don't use uh, a preposition like like with to mean, um, you know, when. <laughs> okay. Uh, um, all right. So those are temporal clauses. All right. Well, that uh, so we've got the absolute and this and this temporal clauses using uh, these prepositions that you've you've uh, learned already, but have now a, a different um, uh, meaning when they're in a temporal clause. But you could have used an ablative absolute to express the same thing, right? What if we had uh, um, said, Jesu surecto, right? Jesu surecto. With Jesus having been resurrected, right? Okay, so now let's look at our vocabulary, um, and this is you know we're learning a verb here, a first uh, conjugation verb, ceno, cenare, cenavi, cenatus. Um, this is uh, um, uh, obviously related to a word that, that we've learned the noun, right? Uh, cena, uh, a dinner. So this is to dine, to eat supper. Again, it's related to uh, our um, word, you know, cynical, the place to eat. We learn that, we learn chinakum, right? Um, 
creo, creare, creabi, creatus, to create, obviously, with creatus, we, we can see where create comes from, that. Um, don't get confused, creo and credo. People often get that confused, cre you know, they, uh, just because they, um, uh, I, I don't know if it's me, maybe it's just me, but, you know, sometime my, you know, I, 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 a letter that should be there or I think should be there and I just misread the word. Anyway, I always get this one confused when I see creo and I think credo. All right, but so keep that in mind. Creo, credare, uh, creare, uh, cred, creavi, creatus. Do, remember that's our verb to uh, do dare datu, yeah, uh, uh, do dare um, davi datus, right, to, to give. Um, uh, I'm sorry, uh, yeah, didi datus, yeah, anyway, so here, uh, this is, um, uh, again, we can always add prepositions to our verbs, so we get ado, ader, adere, aditi, aditus, to give or to, to, to add, right, we get add in English from this word, perdo, perdere, perdidi, uh, perditus, to lose or to destroy. We get our word perdition from this. Okay. Um, all right. Uh, incarno, incarnare, incarnavi, incarnatus, to make into flesh. Well, if you can, you can imagine, if you know your Spanish and carne asada, you know, roasted meat, uh, you know, um, uh, uh, flesh is, uh, this is in plus the word for flesh. So incarno, incarnare, incarnavi, incarnatus. And obviously we get our word incarnate uh, directly from this uh, Latin. Muto, mutare, mutavi, mutatus, to change or to exchange, right? We get our word mutation from this in English. Um, also, <laughs> by putting a preposition, as you can imagine, you can do to this verb, uh, we get here, imuto, imutare, imutavi, imutatus, to transform, but in English, there'd be obviously another one. We could add a cum to this and get comuto, comutare, comutavi, comutatus, and we get commute, right? Because what happens when you commute? You go from one place to another. You change places. All right. Um, uh, sto, stare, steti, status. This is to stand, to stand still. It's This is... It's stand, but not necessarily in the sense of posture. Okay, that's that's important. Um, I remember uh, shortly after I was ordained, there was uh, a, a, the, the new general instruction on the Roman Missal came out, uh, which was a a better translation of the Latin. And there was some controversy among uh, permanent deacons and uh, about 
uh, one change in there. We saw that so many people saw it as a change, but if you knew Latin, you knew that it wasn't a change at all. We'd simply been doing it wrong in America um, because the Latin had said about the posture of the deacon that the deacon at the altar uh, stands beside and slightly behind the priest. And so we had told, we said, well, none of this kneeling stuff, you're standing with the priest. But that's not what it meant at all. It meant remains, that is, he doesn't go wandering off. <laughs> okay. Um, so anyway, so sto stare steti status means to stand still, to remain in place. Okay. Uh, and obviously we get our word status in English from this, uh, something remaining, right? We also get the, um, uh, the uh, proofreading uh, uh, abbreviation. You know, if somebody has written something and they crossed it out, but then decided, no, no, I want to keep it. You write stet uh, in, uh, above it, which would be, yeah, we haven't learned the, uh, um, uh, we haven't learned the subjunctive yet, but it would mean let it stand. Okay, let it remain. And again, as with all these other verbs, you can chuck a, a, a uh, um, preposition in front of it, and so we get asto, astare, astati. There is no astatus. Uh, um, uh, to stand by or stand near. This one is missing a fourth principle part. Okay. And circumsto, circumstare, circumsteti. We get our word circumstance from this, right? Um, to stand around or to encircle. So what is the circumstance? The circumstance is all that stuff that's going on right now around us, right? Chirukum, um, around, okay? And insto, instare, insteti, to urge or threaten. Um, so, uh, uh, yeah, I don't think we have a, a, an English um, uh, derivative from that. Um, Um, although we do say instance, but which is, you know, maybe we insist. I don't know if that's actually related to this. Um, it, uh, it, if it's with the, uh, it, it means to urge, but it means to threaten if you use it with the dative. So it's, you're insisting to somebody, right? I insist, if I insist on something, I'm just said being, being very forceful on it. But if I insist to you, Maybe there's an implied threat. And so anyway, so if you use install with the dative, um, that has that sense of threat. Presto, prestare, presteti, or prestavi, prestatus, or prestitus, uh, to bestow or to accomplish. Um, presto. <laughs> okay. Um, and resto, restare, restiti, to remain. Um, uh, uh, to remain behind. All right. I suppose that's where we get our word rest from. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, do dididitus, to put, doesn't exist on its own as a verb, 
but with uh, prepositions in front of it, we get condo, condere, condidi, conditus, to found. Uh, can also mean to hide. Um, um, we get our word, I suppose, condiment from this. I'm thinking right. Maybe not. Anyway, um, uh, then uh, uh, moving on to, uh, yeah, yeah, we do get con uh, condiment and condition from this. Um, mm -hmm. Okay. And then subdo, subdere, subdidi, subditus, to put under, to put after, or to subject. Uh, so we get our word subdue, for example, from this. Pario parere peperi partus. This is to beget or produce or bear. In English, we will use a Latin phrase. We'll talk about postpartum depression, perhaps, you know, uh, the baby blues, or, um, you know, and that's where this is, you know, obviously that fourth principal part in the, in the neuter would be uh, uh, partum. So, um, that's uh, uh, that's where we we get this word. This is so. This is a, a different verb from uh, from one that we've uh, uh, um, had before, right? Uh, if you um, you know remember, uh, oh, let's see if I can find it. You know, uh, paro parare paravi paratus to prepare provider to prepare. Uh, this is a different. Uh, different verb, so don't get uh, don't get confused on that. It's pari or not paro, okay? Um, it's one of those I O third conjugation verbs. That might be something that could throw you if you're not careful, okay? Specio specere specsi spectus to look at, right? We get our word, you know, inspect, respect, spectacle, <laughs> okay? All those. And like every other verb in Latin, it seems, we can put uh, some prepositions in front of it and get some slightly different meanings. So aspicio, aspicere, aspexi, aspectus, to look at. And we get our word aspect from this in English. Circumspicio, circumspices, circumspexi, circumspectus, to look around, right, that circum around. And we get our word, you know, circumspect, um, uh, you know, circumspection, I'm pausing and kind of looking around at things, right? Um, despicio, despicere, despexi, despectus, to look down on or to despise, and you know, our word despise comes right from this. Respicio, respicere, respexi, respectus, to look at or regard or to watch. We got our word respect from this, okay, that would, with that sense of regard, okay. Enough of verbs uh, from this section. Let's move on to uh, some nouns here. Baptista, baptiste, a baptizer, a baptist. Notice um, uh, this is masculine, even though it's a first uh, uh, declension adjective. Baptista, baptiste. Um, that's because it comes from the Greek. Okay, and this is kind of a little Greek first uh, uh, declension is not 
necessarily, not so obviously uh, feminine as Latin first declension usually is. But anyway, so Baptista Baptiste is um, uh, this. I'm, I'm sorry, I called this an adjective and I meant noun. Um, uh, you know, so we talk about John the Baptist. Uh, we'll say Johannes Baptista, but it's masculine. Okay. Here's a good feminine first uh, declension. Dextera, dextere, right hand. We use our word dexterous because since nine out of ten of us are right-handed, our right hand is our more dexterous hand, uh, the hand that we're able to do our, our things with, with better. But um, uh, <clears throat> it, it means the right hand. Um, tuba, tube. Obviously, we get our English word tuba from this. But in Latin, this means a trumpet, simply a trumpet. Tuba, tube. Digitus, digiti, finger or toe. So we get our word digit from this, the digit of your hand as your finger. Oculus, oculi, eye, the eye in your head <laughs> that sees things. Um, and obviously, English words like ocular, you know, come from this. Um, brachium, brachii, this is arm. We get a word branch by way of French from this, um, but uh, it's, like, it's the arm of a tree, I suppose, but brachium, um, uh, brachii. Desertus, deserta, desertum, forsaken, deserted. And there's a noun, desertum or deserti, which is neuter, second declension, for uh, a desert, a deserted place, a forsaken place, because that's what a desert is, right? Nobody's there. <laughs> um, here's another adjective, Galileus, Galilea, Galileum, Galilean. Judeus, Judea, Judeum, Jewish. Um, Romanus, Romana, Romanum, Roman. Those are adjectives. And then we're learning cum in a different sense when we learned it before. We talked about this earlier. Subordinate conjunction meaning when or after. Another subordinate conjunction that has to do with temporal clauses is donec. Um, in the mass, we talk about, you know, uh, uh, in uh, donec venias, uh, when you come again. It means while or as long as or until. You know, until you come again. Dum means while or as long as or till. All these are these words are, are you know have a sim similar meaning, um, so they're really interchangeable. You know the uh, the phrase dum spiro spero, while I while I breathe, I hope. Um, or as long as I breathe, I hope. Etsy means although or even if. Etsy. Nisi means unless or if something not or except or but. Um, um, primum is an adverb at first. In for, you know, obviously it's really our word prime, you know. Um, C it's a long I, uh, is a subordinate conjunction meaning if or whether. 
Um, it's, uh, um, yeah, so you'll see that a lot. Ha <laughs> ha, you'll see that a lot. Ubi. So uh, its first sense here is as a, a subordinate conjunction or a relative uh, adjective when or as soon as um, is the first one. That's its subordinate conjunction, but as a relative adjective, it means where or in which place. Ubi caritas is, uh, oh, oh. as I said, you know, that hymn, Ubi caritas et amor, Deus ibi est, where, and it's related to ibi, where, where ibi means here, ubi means where, okay, but it also has that other subject, subordinate conjunction meaning. Ubique, this is ubi and then que, uh, one of those many ways of saying and, and this means everywhere, anywhere. Kik et ubique, here and everywhere. Ut, when or as in this case, although uh, you can also, it has that other um, sense of uh, for the purpose, you know, uh, 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 in order to kind of thing. Okay, do we need to go through any of these um, uh, uh, vocabulary notes? Um, um, I think we already went through uh, all of those. Uh, and uh, some of the, the derivatives. I don't think I think we've gone through all the derivatives. So uh, um, very good. All right. Oh, I did not know that brachium, that pretzel, comes from brachium. I suppose it's when they're folded into that kind of pretzel shape. It's like arms embracing something. I don't know. I did not know that. Okay. Well, very good. Um, so uh, uh, go on, do your drills, um, and again, I recommend, as does Collins, that you do a synopsis of at least some of, you know, samples, several, and not just one, but several of, of your, uh, like, first conjugation verb, second conjugation, third conjugation, both uh, uh, O and IO forms, and then fourth conjugation, and try, you know, you know, in our book, we will have been using a sample verb. Try using a different one, you know, so that you get the sense of the different pieces coming together and how, they, how they're how they formed. Um, and uh, very good. I, I want to thank you so much. It's been a pleasure teaching you uh, these uh, last 13 lessons. Um, we'll be back with, uh, you know, doing our homework. I do, you know, I, I get questions from people, uh, and actually I've been getting emails from people from all over the country too, uh, who've discovered this and they're picking it up and they're wondering, is there a, is there a fee? Is there anything like that? And I mentioned it earlier uh, in the class um, about this, but I just want to uh, bring it out. You know, we're doing this because we're, it's uh, part of our parish ministry is, uh, at St. Agnes is, uh, is reverent Latin liturgy, and in particular, our 10, 1030 uh, Mass on Sundays, which you can watch live stream, um, is, you know, the church's uh, glorious treasury of music uh, in its proper context. You know, the Masses of Mozart and Haydn, you know, and all these were not written for the concert stage. They were meant to grace the sacred liturgy. But we use, but we also, uh, as a parish, have, you know, seen ourselves as implementing what we believe um, the council fathers at the Second Vatican Council actually wanted for the liturgy um, in the, the first document of the council, Sacro Sanctum Cundum. 
Concilium, the, the reform of the sacred liturgy. And actually, when our pastor at the time of the council, Monsignor Bandis, uh, was one of the experts at the council uh, on liturgy. And so you know, we were implementing what the council fathers, we believe, actually intended to be done. And so we see this as part of our parish mission, is to inculcate um, a love of Latin in the liturgy so that our liturgy is, you know, has a, a kind of an, a, a timelessness and elevatedness, but is also, uh, although we do have a, a low mass on Sundays in the old form, uh, we pride ourselves on doing the modern Roman rite uh, in Latin as well. Um, anyway, all that's a long introduction to what I'm going to say. If uh, you know, you have uh, feel like you benefited from this class. Uh, if you, you know, this was your opportunity to learn Latin, and uh, you have something you've always wanted to do, and here it is, and you've been able to make it this far, and you can go on to the to the next two classes, Latin two and Latin three. Um, you know, uh, uh, obviously, Dr. May and I are not getting any anything from you from this, but uh, but if you can, if you feel so led, please. You know, donate to the parish of St. Agnes. Uh, you can find our, you know, you found us obviously on the web, so you know where our, where our address is. You can, you can send whatever you think this class has been worth uh, to you uh, in learning Latin. Uh, and uh, um, I'll talk to you then uh, uh, a little bit later this week with, the, uh, with our, our uh, answers to uh, our exercises. Uh, it's been a pleasure teaching you. Uh, God bless you. I hope that you have a, a continue to have a holy and profitable Lent as you grow further in the uh, love and and uh, knowledge and um, devotion to our Lord uh, and uh, and you know go about the task that really is accorded to all of us that we grow in holiness so that we can enjoy God forever in heaven as saints in glory. God bless you. Uh, I will talk to you a little later. Thank you.